picking up on where we left off last week, uh, dealing with the fact of a community, community given by God. We also used uh, Ezekiel chapter 10, where we said that the, the presence of the Lord actually left the, the temple there, and God's presence literally came out of that. And my question was, what happens to a community uh, especially like we are a church, when if the presence of God leaves, what are the consequences of all that? And we talked about the people of that time, though they were still doing the, all the things they were supposed to be doing in terms of sacrificing and get doing uh, all the things that the nation of Israel was supposed to do when they came to the temple. Uh, how is it that they continue to do that, and yet the presence of God had left? Well, what about us? Not just we here at Cornerstone, but churches throughout uh, the world and that are meeting and doing. And maybe the presence of God has actually left, and yet we're still doing those things that uh, out of habit, out of rote, but God has not, uh, his presence has really left us, left them. Amen? That's just a question. I'm not saying it has. I'm posing the question. Not just as we as a church, but even you and I as individuals. When we go through and do things just out of habit, just because, but actually in our own spiritual life, the sense of God's presence, the sense of God's spirit isn't involved in that, then we really need to take an examination of ourselves. So just a couple questions we asked there, and then I uh, just want to deal this morning with a couple, one aspect of it uh, that deals with this in terms of Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20, which reads as follows. What Jesus says, and Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. If somebody asks me the question, what is the church supposed to be about? I would answer with this passage. And here are some of the aspects that he brings out, John, Matthew brings out in terms of where we are in verses 18 through 20. Number one, we are to share the gospel with all nations. To spread the gospel. That is the good news. What's the good news? And here's the question we need to ask. Them. Do you consider what the gospel is as good news? The death, the birth, the living, the crucifixion, the death of Christ, and the fact that he got up out of the grave. And now we have the ability to have newness of life because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. You've heard me say it probably a million times, it seems like, but I'll say it again. It is not what you and I do. It's all about what Jesus has done for us. He bought us back to God. He paid the sin debt that you and I owe. That's the good news, that men, women, boys no longer have to be in, a sin, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the dregs of sin Condemned to hell, but now because of Christ, we have newness of life in him, and we are able to have the gospel that changes us from the inside out so that a dying world might know that there's a reality in serving Jesus. But if it's not fresh and real to us, 
they were not going to share the gospel. So in that passage, he says, share the gospel with all nations. We're also to baptize. Baptize how? With water. That word baptize comes from the Greek word from which we get baptizo, which every reference to that is the idea of actually being immersed in water. Laid down. Jesus, read the account. When Jesus was baptized, it says he was put into the water, and when he came up out of the water, you cannot come up out of water unless you are baptized. And that means you are immersed, your place under the water. Sprinkling will not picture that. And we are Baptists. And because we are Baptists, we believe in immersion. When it's raining or snowing, any good Baptist is not afraid of water. Because we are Baptists. Amen? So if, a, if it's a deluge outside, you and I as Baptists got to say, hey, we're about water. We're not afraid of the water. Amen? So, yes, we're to baptize. It symbolically represents when we baptize somebody, we take them, they stand in the water, and when I dip them down into the water, it symbolically represents that they are being laid in a watery grave putting away all of our old ways of doing things, our old ways of thinking, and our, and our sins are now in there, being washed away, cleansed, and when I raise you back up, it symbolically represents that you and I are getting ready to walk into the newness of life. As Jesus was baptized in the same manner, so should you and I, in obedience to what he's already done ahead of us. Amen? So we are, number one, Share the gospel. Be excited about what God has done for us. Are you and I excited about the things God has, has done? Maybe part of the reason why we're not excited is because we really don't know what Jesus did for us. If you look at your life, and I look at my life, all the things that we have done and are doing and probably will do, and yet still God loved us enough to save us, to call us into his family. The fact that he even called you and I should speak to a fact that we ought to celebrate God's goodness of all the people in the world to think that God chose you and God chose me to be a part of his family. We ought to be able to raise our hands and say, thank you, because we don't, you, hey, I don't have to tell you how bad you are. If you weigh yourself, the old time to say, I've been weighed in the balances and I've come up what? Wanting. In light of what the Bible says, in light of what God commands that we do, if you and I are weighed in the balances, you and I will have to be honest with ourselves and say, on many occasions, we come up wanting. And yet and still, God loves us. I don't know how else to tell it other than, what did you and I do from last week to this week? That was so good, so great, so wonderful. We look so handsome. We look so pretty. We do all the things that we're supposed to do, and we're just a, we're just a good person. What about all of that merits us to be able to get up this morning? Not a single thing. Because I can guarantee you somewhere, somebody did not get up. And yet, we woke up, and we saw the white stuff flying across 
the airways of our life and we saw the rooftops being covered in the streets and our yards and some of us said to ourselves, self, it's bad out there. Self, you know, I may not really want to, I don't, I don't feel like going. But thanks be to God, he woke you up this morning. He allowed you to go out. I was out getting my car together and I'm thinking I'm getting... My coat was white as snow. My face, my glasses were all messed. And I said, wow. And I come in the house, I couldn't see because they're all fogged up. But it's a good thing because I made it to the house of God. I count it a joy and a privilege to be at the house of God. So we are to, we are to spread the gospel. We're to, to baptize. Now, part of this commission is one of the parts that some of us kind of dismiss ourselves out of. He says, because of that, we are to teach each new generation of converts to observe all that Christ has commanded. Go, share the gospel, go, baptize, and then he says, make disciples, make followers, make other Christ. How do you do that? You've got to be able to be taught. Every person that comes in has to be taught about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple. The idea is what happens when they, with the 12 that followed Jesus. What was Jesus doing? He had 12 men that actually followed him and observed him and saw how he did things so that when he was no longer there, they were able to function and follow the pattern that he laid out. So that meant they had to be where he was at. For some of us, not to avail ourselves to what is going on in the church is really a sin. It really is because we're talking about Sunday morning Bible school. And not because I teach it, but because of everybody that's there, the interaction, the things that we talk about. Once you put yourself in there and avail you, we have a great time. I, I'm speaking for myself. Maybe you don't have a great time, but I know for me, it's great. I love to hear the comments. I love to hear the internet. That's, that's great to me because that's how you grow. So many times people say they come to a church, they come to a class, and you have no input. It's simply a fact that somebody stands in front and tells you everything, and you have no means of being able to say anything. Well, in our classes, you have the opportunity to say a whole lot of stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, in most of our classes that we have, especially Sunday Bible school, Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, and on Wednesday night, oh, we, people are just shooting all kinds. I mean, we're just boom, 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 boom. Oh, no. And we laugh and we joke. And some of us, our eyebrows go up and our eyebrows go down. And we're looking at each other like, I can't believe that came out of his mouth. And on the other hand, we say, well, that was a great point. All of that is good because it helps us know where we are. Amen? So if you're not available. If you're not availing yourself to those opportunities, you're, I'm going to tell you, you're missing out. Now, I'm going to say this because I love her, and I know she loves me, and I told her this Wednesday night. Penny, wants, Penny says, Pastor Byron, you need to be uh, the spiritual cheerleader. And I confessed to her I could do a better job. But what she asked me to do, I cannot do. I cannot do cartwheels, and I can't do flips. She asked me, we need cartwheels. I said, well, Penny, I'll tell you what. You come first, and you cartwheel across, and you come first, and you do flips, and then I'll follow you. But we can't do a better job. I'm trying to say, if you don't come to these things, you really, I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're hurting yourself. You're not hurting us. You're really hurting yourself because 
you're not availing yourself to be a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus. You're not going to learn that by not being here. And we try to schedule things so that it's not so much an inconvenience. Amen? We're to share the gospel, we're to baptize people, and we are to disciple. I had this quote. When we cultivate a when we cultivate local church community that is not evidently supernatural, we compromise both thrust of our commission. We compromise our evangelism and we compromise our discipleship. When we don't understand, that, we, we're talking about this on, on in Sunday morning in our Bible school. The fact that God called all of us that are here this morning from various backgrounds and colors and creeds and, and ideas and thoughts. The fact that we are here, the fact that we are to be one in Christ, baptized into one same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, our commonality. The fact that we, and Paul talks about it in Corinthians, the fact that we have Jews and Greeks and Gentiles. And all, I mean, we, we have, in that t- context, they had a multiplicity of different con- cultures and contexts and racial creeds and colors and backgrounds. The fact that we come together and supernaturally, the only way we function as a church is God supernaturally empowers us to be the church that he wants us to be. So whether you're the president CEO of a multi-billion dollar company or a janitor at the school, no matter where you and I come from, we, one is no bigger or higher or lower than anyone. We're all one in Christ. And God takes the janitor and God takes the, the CEO and somehow, some way, they all come together, they serve, they do for one common cause. What is it, Pastor? To bring honor and glory to God. It makes no sense. None at all. But yet with God, people will look at our community and say, wait a minute. They, they got all kind of, there's all kind of folks up in there. And yet, they have the joy of the Lord. Yet, they come from different, and yet, they're able to express the gospel. Yet, they come together. And yes, I mean, they just, they're just blown away. Maybe that's the problem with our churches, is that people in the world aren't blown away by the fact that we come together as one in Christ. And they may not understand it. Listen, I had a note that I wrote down that can you have community without having the gospel? Yes. For all those that meet with Alcoholics Anonymous, they come together under one purpose. For those that are in the Rotary, they come together for one purpose. For those that are in the Lions Club, for whatever organization or or group that's represented out there, they come together. The one thing they don't have is the one thing that we have, and that's the Spirit of God. Yeah, uh, uh, people that come to Alcoholics Anonymous, people that are in Rotary, people that are in Lions Club, people that play on teams and all that, they come together, they unite with one accord, they say, for the common purpose, we're trying to do this, and yes, they can love one another in a worldly context. But we, the church, we ought to love one another because of what God has done in and through us. We compromise our evangelism based on what I just read. We compromise both thrust of our commission. The two things that hinge on what we should be about is our evangelism and our discipleship. If Cornerstone Baptist Church is to grow, it's to grow because, number one, you buy it. You have been bought and bought by the plowshares of the gospel. You know Jesus. And your desire is that others know Jesus. 
And you and I will do whatever it takes to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world that is contrary, that is totally opposite of what we may think or say. I put the challenge before all of us this, this past week, the first Sunday of the year. I said, in the year of 2016, I can't tell myself and you can't tell yourself that one person a week, a minimum of one, that one person in the course of a seven-day week from, let me put it this way, from last Sunday till today, with all where we all travel and where we all go, our work, our job, our homes, our school, our practices, whatever we're doing, you're not going to be able to tell God. You're not gonna be, we can't really tell one another that we do not have the opportunity with all the people that we bump, bump into and rub elbows with. We, do not, we can't tell God we have not the opportunity to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for us not to do that is a sin because we are bumping into with, we have people in our families, we have people in our jobs, we have people next door, we have people in our neighborhood that need to know the gospel. They need to be saved. How are they going to get that? They're going to get it because you and I get up off of our stools of idleness and make it a priority. That you're, There's no way we can, we can convince ourselves, but we're convincing ourselves wrong. I asked the question, maybe the reason why we're not excited about Jesus, and maybe the reason we're not excited about our church is because we don't like where we're at. Whatever it is that excites The reason why Sister Tammy is so excited about the Green Bay Packers, she has a vested interest in the Green Bay Packers. There's somebody that she knows right quite well. She came to church in her Green Bay Packer gear. Amen? That's when she walked in this morning. She was standing right beside me. I went, uh-huh, I see you. You got the greenie on, huh? Letting everybody know that. She's a Green Bay Packer supporter. What happens when you and I are out in the community? Do you ever talk about your church? Do you ever talk about maybe? And it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be for a lot of reasons. It could be because of me. Well, you know, I like the people. I just don't like the pastor. That's a possibility. That's a real reality. Okay. But is there anything about the church that you do like? Is there something that goes on? And if we're not doing it, then what is it that we can do to make it better? I hear the outcries. I hear the, the pleas. You know, we don't do it. What is it that we want to do that we're not doing? Tell, tell us. It's pretty simple, isn't it? If you, if you have something, if your child is participating in something, you have no problem saying, guess what? My child's playing basketball. My child's doing it. And you need to come because you ought to see her try to play basketball. Are you, you're excited about that. The same enthusiasm we bring with other things should be the same enthusiasm we bring with about our, our, our relationship to Christ, about the gospel, about our church, about people that make up the church. But if we do not have that, then it comes back to what Jesus said in John chapter 13. And what did he say? I'm glad you asked that question. He talked about the power of love. Amen? 
He says in verse 34, this is not just any type of love. This isn't the mushy love that the world has. This isn't the love that if you do for me, I can do for you. This is God-given, God-type love because in verse 34, John 13, he says, the standard is, is set when Jesus says, as I have loved you, so are you and I to love one another. How much do you think God loves you? To what degree does God love you? I'm just asking this question. If you say God loves you in spite of, then guess what? You and I are duty-bound to love one another in spite of. That's a tough. I will say it until I die. That's a tough thing to do on your own. Because you and I have every reason for not to love, respect, and honor a lot of people that make up our sphere of social contact. We come with a whole lot of reasons why we don't want to. But to actually love a person in spite of what they may have done or not done and how things are going, hey, you can't do that on your own. It takes what Jesus says in John 13. It takes the love of God on the inside showing up on the outside. Because guess what? It's the same love you want God to have for you. It's the same love we are to give to one another. That's why the world sits back and goes, no, he ain't convinced me to these people church. Why would I go there? You're not even happy. You don't even like it. No. You're asking me to join a place? The teams that are successful in this march to the Super Bowl will be the teams that come together and peak at the right time and are willing to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to get to the Super Bowl. But if you're selfish and you only think about yourself, then you will be defeated because it's not about just you. There's, what, 53 other players on the, on the field, on the team? And if I think it's about me, then I may do something that could very easily cause my team to lose. Case in point, for the, I'm sorry, case in point, last night. That's a, that was all selfishness. And I'm not a great big Bengal fan, but I really thought they had the game wrapped up. The young man that quarterbacked that team did an excellent job to get them to where they could win the game. But selfishness stepped in and some dumb plays at the end caused the defeat. And I sat there, I sat there and watched it. See, I watch stuff and I think about we as the church. What's the spiritual equivalent of that? When any one of us is so selfish that it's about my, we learned in our classes about I'm a church member. It's not about so much our personal preferences. It's about what's going to enhance the kingdom of God. Okay, but why? That's what you got to find out. He says, and it's, it's biblical, it's it's. Proper. It's all that's within John 13. We are to love. Amen? So can love exist in a community formed around something other than the gospel? The answer to that question is yes. I already answered that. In Acts 12 and in Acts 2.43. Look at the beginning of the church. Acts is the history book of the church. Look at that. What happened was this. As the church was forming, great signs and wonders were being done. The signs were a point to show to people that were in that neighborhood or in that community that there is something different about this place. Something miraculous has happened. 
But after the church was established, it no longer needed great signs and great wonders. You know why? Because the people that made it up became the signs and wonders. When your neighbor and my neighbor and your husband and my wife and your wife and your husband, with all the, your children, the people you work with, the people that see you, the people that know us, see a change in your life. Oh, they'll say, wait a minute. He says he's a Christian? She says she's a Christian? They love Jesus? They're going to say a change on us. Oh, that ain't the same barn I used to know. That ain't the same Tammy I used to know. That's not the same secret I know. There's something different about Not that we will be perfect, but there's got to be a change on the inside that causes us to be changed on the outside so that people recognize, oh, something's happened to him. Something's happened to her. And if that doesn't happen, then we get what we have. Not just here, but in all churches. What we get is a people that come together, they go out, we say we're the church, we say we're doing this, and people and we just plan along. Why? Because as Ezekiel 10 says, the presence of God is no longer a factor or may no, lo may no longer be a factor in our life. And whenever that happens, we're just spinning our wheels. It's just it's like being stuck. If you got stuck this morning, you know, it's nice icing, roads are icing. That's all you're doing. But every now and then what you need is a nudge. You need somebody to push you out, or if you have some salt, grit, whatever, you put the baby underneath the wheels. I know my, back in my days of GPS, I got stuck many a day. Thank God we have a little container. I don't know if they still do this, Tom. We had a little thing, little like a look like a mayonnaise jar to me, but it was filled with rocks and grit and stuff. And I can remember being stuck in a driveway, thinking to myself, "I'm gonna be stuck here for a long time." By the time the guy gets here and gets me out, so I would go take it out and I'd throw some underneath the wheel and go in and say, "Okay, Jesus, <laughs> okay, Lord, help me to get unstuck." I don't want to be sitting here till 5 o'clock tonight. Turn on the car, turn on my truck, easily backed up and just start rocking. And all of a sudden, my wheels would catch a hold of that grit and <laughs> I got pulled out. That's what I said. Thank you. What am I saying? Sometimes we need the grit of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to get under our wheels to get under our places and give us some solid foundation, to give us some traction. Because let's just be honest with ourselves, from the pastor to the back of the door, some of us has lost our traction. We lost why we were supposed to be here. We lost what it's all about. It's not about any one of us. It's about all of us serving God. So that our world that's around us, our neighbors that are around we have a big, gigantic neighborhood. And every time I come here, I, I say, Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive me and forgive us. We will be without excuse if we did not try to reach. We're right here. It ain't like we're 20 miles outside of town. We're right here. And what are we doing? To be attractive, to be compelling, to say, hey, you know what? You may not go to church. We just want to invite you to come one Sunday. See what we're like. You might like it. Amen? Amen? I said this, what about, I mean, was that Brother Michael, we were telling something about something. 
and uh, somewhere it's Wednesday night. I think it's Wednesday night. The uh, Buddy's Carpet Barn. I don't. What did he say? I don't. I don't care about making money. I just what? Love to sell carpet. That's what we need. We need people who love. Ain't worried about. The, and I'm not saying this not to. You know what I'm saying? We we just want to be able to reach people for Jesus, not for number's sake. I think some of us think some of us don't want to grow. We like to, but no, we got to grow. We need to grow. We should grow. I'm asking the Lord. I basically, I look at the core of our church is about 50, 44 to 50 people. I'm asking Jesus at least at a minimum. And I said, Lord, I don't want to put any qualifiers on you, but at least double. In fact, if you want to give us more, that would be great too. But at least double what we got. That's a minimum. That's really putting God, I should be praying, Lord, give us, give us this mountain. And whatever he brings, if it be 150 to 250, whatever, people be like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on is the people on the inside have a great desire, have a love for Jesus, have a love for God, and have a love for one another that they're willing to go out and tell a dying world that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. What? Jesus is the way. But if you and I don't believe that, then we won't go out and say that. And that's where my, my quandrum, our quandrum is. Do we believe it or do we not? And if we're not, then we get what we get. The goose egg. But I'm praying with me and then infecting like a virus, like a flu, like whatever. We all become infected with the love of God. The commitment to God. The commitment to God's people. Oh, you may not like me, and guess what? I may not like you, but that doesn't mean anything. In the, in the totality of what the kingdom of God is, guess what? Your ways and my ways may be totally opposite. And there are ways about all of us, just so we all know. There are ways about all of us that somebody does not like. Oh, there's got to be. Come on now. You can be married to your husband and wife, and there's something that they do that irritates you to no end. It's like, why is it when he eats, he's always, what is that? You know? Or when he's eating. Oh, how many times do I got to tell him? Listen, when you use the toothpaste, put, you don't have to do it anymore, but if if your your cap comes off, put the cap back on. Don't drink out of the refrigerator. I mean, all those little things that we do. A little irritants. Now, are you going to divorce somebody because they smack when they eat? Are you going to divorce somebody because they pull all the covers on their side of the bed every night? You're hanging out there in coldness? I hope not. I hope you can work through that. If we do that there, what is it about coming to the church? They were so easily to write people off, so easy to put people out aside, so easy to push people back. Ought not to be. And what he's saying is, as a community given by God, this is not my church, this is a your church, this church belongs to God. And we got to figure out, as a church, as cornerstone, what we want to do, how we're going to do it, and then say, this, this is. Now, I said last week, Joshua, the mission, the, the, the purpose mission thing, put that up. And I'm going to close. You got a copy of it in your bulletin. 
This is it. Somebody says, what is it that you want? What is it? How do you see the church? I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to tell you what it is. I said it last week, and I will say it again this week. And we're going to say this over and over. I'm going to read it once, and then I'm going to ask everybody to stand, and we're all going to read it together. And we're going to read it, and we're going to put it in the bulletin, and we're going to read it, and we're going to put it in the bulletin, so that it sinks down, as Pastor R.A. Williams would say, so it sounds down in our ears. It's like your mother when she tells you, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you have an accident. Amen? I hear you. The purpose of this church shall be, number one, to what? Glorify God. That's what we want to be. We want to glorify God. How, 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 what else can we do? It shall seek to attain. How are we going to do this, Pastor? It shall seek to attain this in through. Number one, what? Public worship of God. We've got to publicly worship God. That's why we come together corporately. To what? Worship God. Is that not why we're supposed to be here? To worship God? Amen. I'll say it in case we're being quiet and the rocks need to cry out. To worship God. Number two, the preaching of the scriptures. That's what we want. We want to hear the word of God. We want to know what God says and how God, what does he mean by what he says, and then take what he says and what he means and do it. The preaching of the scriptures. Consistent Christian living by its members. We want you and I to be accountable to God. Don't say you're a Christian. I don't say I'm a Christian. And not live a consistent Christian living can't do that. You're messing up the world. I mess up the world. Somebody says, well, you want to, I'm not, catch what it says. Consistent, not perfect. I thought I better say that because some of us get stuck on stuff that we don't even need to worry about. Hey, hey, we know nobody. That's a, that's, a, that's a given. Nobody's perfect, but we can't be consistent in our living. Consistent in Christian living by its members. I don't worry about those that aren't members. I need to be united. I need to worry about those that what? Our members. So how do you know what's consistent? What's consistent is what's in this book. Hey, that's my objective viewpoint. It's what the Bible says. Personal evangelism. Talked about that already. Missionary endeavors. We need to do a better job being missionaries. And I'm not asking you to go to China and Africa and Asia. But I, we, we need to be, as a church, we do need to be more mission-minded. We need to be giving to support to other places other than just taking care of here. We need to say, wait a minute, to whatever degree we can, we need to reach out and support that endeavor. And last but not least, which I've already talked about, Christian education. Amen? Now stand with me. And we're going to read this together. You got it in your bulletin, and you can look up here on the wall in case you can't see. I'm asking all of us together to read this. The, pur the purpose of this church shall be to glorify God. It shall seek to attain this end through the public worship of God, the preaching of the scriptures, consistent Christian living by its members, personal evangelism, missionary endeavors, and Christian education. Amen. You may be seated. And then I'm going to be done. I thought this covered, and I really believe, putting it together, this covers everything that we should be about. It doesn't leave anything unsaid. Because somebody say, what do you guys want to do? What's your purpose? What's your mission? What's, 
What's your pastor want to do? That's what I want. I want us to come in here and worship God. Lift up holy hands. I know life is tough. I know things have gone on. I know death and life and birth and death and this, that, that. Bills climbing up and down our backs and money's scarce. And I know all that. But we serve a great God. Amen. Amen. And he brought us this far. And he brought you in your own personal life this far. And if your relationship to Christ means anything, he's not going to leave you. Amen. He's going to bring you through. That's what, after I finish this, next week I want to talk about discipleship. After I finish that, I'm going to do, I think I want to do a series on the, the, the warriors, the, the faith warriors, about different people start with Genesis and walk all the way through. Talk about people that had great faith. Didn't see it, didn't know how it was going to get, but they believed in God. Like Abraham, go and pack up everything you got and move forward. Where am I going? Don't worry about where you're going, just go. So many of us want the answers before we move out on faith. Guess what? We wouldn't be here if we had all the answers because we didn't know. We trusted God. Look at Nehemiah said what? It's on our wall. What does it say out there on this wall here? God's gracious. If God's gracious hand is on your life and on my life, you're going to make it. Gideon didn't know how he was going to do it, but he did. And guess what? He had to get rid of some folks. Oh, you got too many people. They ain't with you, brother. You got to get rid of them. Didn't make sense. But God. They got a great army over there. If I get rid of people, they're going to have more people. Don't worry about that. Trust me. Trust God. See how God's going to work it out. Be humble. Don't have people that want to just drink out of a cup. You know, have that. Oh, you want the the people that say, I'm getting down. And I watch my dog sometime, my trusty steed. Ain't too many of us going to get down on our knees and lap like a dog. But you know what? God's going to test our obedience. That's what he's doing. Are you too proud to laugh like a Who do you think? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I come? Do you know what I do? I ain't laughing. No no way. I'm not going to laugh like, well, then you're not going to. In that context, you wouldn't have been part of the the solution that God had for for the victory in the camp. If you didn't get down and laugh like a dog. Public worship, preaching the scriptures, consistent Christian living. Personal evangelism, missionary endeavors, Christian education. Great. Amen. That's it. That's who we are. That's what we need to be about. Do better. Go out. Be victorious. I watch all these teams in the football, and I say, maybe that's what I'm going to do one Sunday. A lot of Sister Penny wants me to be excited. You know, they get in that little hole, and they go, all right. They start jumping up and down. All right. Let's go. Let's go. One, three. One, two, three. Team! I'm going to do it, Penny. I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump up and down, and I'm going to tell us, team! Guess what? There is no I in team. And there also is no me in team. Amen? Amen? All right, let's go for it. Let's, let's see what God wants us to do. Let's trust God. Let's say, God, to God be the what? The glory. For what? The great things. So when we come to the end of 2015 or 2016, oh, we can say, to God be the glory. For the great things he has done. And God's done some great things for us. Oh, yes, he has. We, we, we don't want to forget. Maybe we've forgotten what God has done for us. Let's not forget what God has done. Let's not forget what God can do. The world, I close with this, the world has yet to see what 
God can do with just one man, one woman, one boy, one girl that is totally committed and sold out to him. Are you that man? Are you that woman? Are you that boy? Are you that girl? If so, we need you to rise up and speak to a generation that does not want to know God, does not care about God, but is willing to take the knocks throughout the storms of life and say, God, I'm willing to be your humble servant. It starts with each one of us as individuals. It starts with me as a husband to my wife. It starts with me as a father to my children. It permeates everything that I should be about. I can't expect them to do what I'm not willing to do myself. I can't ask you as a church to do what I'm not willing to do myself. Doesn't make sense. I ask you to pray for me. Seriously, I'm telling you, pray for me. Don't pray the prayer. Well, we pass. We want. We want pass to change the way I want. No, say, Lord, make change our pastors to be what you want him to be. And if he is what you want to be, he'll benefit me in the long run. Amen? That's how I love about every one of you. If you and I are doing what God wants us to do, the blessing comes from you doing what God wants. That's what blesses me. The God in you meets the God in me. And as a result of that, we have fellowship. We lock in with one another. And we're able to move and do what God wants us to do. Amen? I said it in Sunday school, and I, this, I really sincerely mean I, there, I appreciate every, the fact that you are here today I appreciate that. Because you don't have to be. You could have said, I'm staying home. But you made it to this house. Amen. And I'm not saying it's not because of me. You know, it ain't because of what I'm preaching, how I preach. Because I'm, I'm a realist. I understand. Sometimes it's like, nah, nah. Uh-uh. I get that. But guess what? If you bring the fire, you know what they say. Well, I was up at Wright State University trying to light fire for the band. I wanted the briquettes that already had the stuff in it. That's a whole lot easier. Instead of spraying it with a dousing it with tons of lighter fluid. And they had that. All it takes is one of those briquettes to get it. And guess what? The rest of them light on fire. So maybe I close with this. Are you Am I the briquette that's going to be set on fire? That's going to cause the other bricks? Who sit next to you? Look around. If you're hot, they'll be hot. If you're not hot, somebody said it earlier. I, don't, I like to be around positive people. Yeah. Nobody wants to be a pig pen. You know, everywhere you go, there's a cloud. Man, that wears on you after a while. Amen? Say, okay. Every now and then, smile. The joy of the Lord. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that as we are a community given by you, we know we are not here just for our own selves. I really believe we have a message we have a program that will benefit not just those that are here, but others. Thank you, Father, for bringing us this far. 
thank you that you have not left us to flounder on our own. I pray that I as pastor will have the faith, the trust, the belief that you can do great things. You've already shown yourself faithful in days past in God. And I know that you can show yourself faithful for what's happening in the future. And I don't necessarily know how, don't necessarily know when, but I know you can. Help us to be faithful to that which we're supposed to do and watch you give us the results. Thank you for this, your people. Bring us together. Help us to be willing to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Help us to be set on fire, so much so that our neighbors, our friends, the person right next to me in that pew will be set on fire to live for you. Thank you for this and so much more. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.